Get ready, Avalanche territory. It's now time for the Mile High Hockey Podcast with Mike Evans on your home for the most Avalanche content. Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome into the Mile High Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Evans. Great to have you with us as we uh, chop it up, all things Avalanche hockey. And since we last spoke, the Avalanche having played a couple of games as they got back to work after their trip to Finland. And I was very impressed by the way the, the Avs came out and played. Normally, whenever a team, and I'm talking about any sport, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, Whenever these teams go across the pond or travel halfway across the world to play, it really throws a wrench in their ability to come back and, and just kind of normalize again and get back to being right back into the flow of the season. Typically, some teams suffer a little bit of hockey or basketball or whatever it may be, jet lag. I was I was very impressed that the Avalanche were able to avoid that. Their first game back... Uh, they came out. It was spirited. Uh, they beat the Predators 5-3. to three. I do think that they were helped, and understand where I'm coming from. This is not the kind of help you want, but they, I think they did receive a boost because it was the night that they honored the great Peter McNabb, who, who passed away way too early, and there was so much energy and emotion in the building, remembering, honoring, mourning, Peter McNabb, that uh, I think the Avalanche were were boosted in a time where if it had been just another game, just another opponent, no extraordinary extra circumstances, yeah, maybe maybe you would have seen some of the hangover from that that trip to Finland, but that certainly was not the case. An impressive win over uh, uh, Nashville, then followed up by an even more impressive win over uh, Carolina. Uh, a Hurricanes team that that I think, along with Boston right now, certainly look to be the the class teams in the East. And and Carolina, sometimes you look at teams and you just get a sense, okay, they're putting in the work, they're taking the steps, they're going to a certain level in the playoffs, and then they're they're fa- falling short, but they come back the next year ready to learn and go that next step and apply everything that they've learned. Carolina has that feel like to me. And so for the Avalanche to beat them and beat them rather handily 4-1, to one, uh, I thought that was a, a really impressive win. And it kind of fits with what we've been talking about the early part of this season, that this is an Avalanche team that may be playing a little bit up to their competition, up to the circumstances, and may be playing down. As evidenced... The next game, they play a Blues team that is starting to play better but had been really off to a a terrible start to start the season. Of course, the Avalanche fresh in their mind, having beaten them in the playoffs last year. But but you know what? St. Louis reminded us that if there's one team out there, and i got to give the Blues credit for this, and I'm going to pat myself on the back as well, because when the playoffs started last year and I was forecasting that the Avalanche would breeze, my word breeze, cruise through the Western Conference part of the playoffs. People are like, ah, oh, you can't say that. I'm like, I'm, I'm telling you, dude, there's nobody in the West that, that scares me. The only team in the West that I think actually has the uh, the uh, the guts, the balls, the, the onions to stand up to the Avalanche and not quake in their presence are the Blues. And the Blues actually did extend the Avs a bit, certainly 
gave them the, the toughest test that they would face in the Western Conference Finals until they got to the Stanley Cup Finals. And the Blues showed that, hey, that's still a team that has a lot of pride, and they came in and they beat the Avalanche. So lesson learned for the Avs, and we'll see how they, they bounce back from that as we are doing this podcast, this Mile High Hockey podcast. It's uh, on the night that the Avs will play uh, Carolina again in Carolina. I'm really looking forward to uh, watching that one and then being able to talk about it next week here on the Mile High Hockey Podcast because uh, this is a Carolina team. I, I love it when these two teams, when teams like this get a chance to play relatively close together. You develop almost like a little mini rivalry. You know Carolina. That's a loud building anyway, and they are going to be ready to go with the Avs coming into town. You talk about – because a team like Carolina, and this is something for, for every – uh, game that the Avalanche will play. They're going to get everybody's best shot, but in some cases it's going to be even more magnified because not only are you going to get everybody's best shot, but because you're going to have some of these teams that think of themselves as potential Stanley Cup contenders, immediately, immediately they'll look at the Avalanche and say, all right, this is a measuring stick game, right? That, that, that classic measuring litmus test type game. How do we match up with the uh, Avs? So that's going to be a fun thing to watch. But it's been, you know, the Avalanche, it's it's funny because even though this has been sort of a okay start to the season, nothing great shakes, nothing that has uh, really blown us away. But you look up, and again, as we're getting ready to uh, watch that Carolina rematch, the Avs right now sitting in third place in their division uh, with 17 points, but only three points behind Dallas. The Avs with two games in hand. Uh, they're only two points behind Winnipeg. And so, despite all of this, the Avs are right there uh, in within, you know, shouting, not even shouting distance. They're right there to be able to, to make a push and ultimately end up on top of this division. Despite the fact that there are some issues with this hockey team. And not everything is rosy with this hockey team. Uh, that loss to the Blues saw Alex Newhook eventually, uh, effectively benched for the remainder of the second half of that game. And Jared Bednar did not mince words when he came out and said that Newhook needs to be better. And that is, there are very few big storylines surrounding this team this year, but this is certainly one of them. Because you have the luxury knowing that you're going to be there. You're going to be in the playoffs. And quite honestly, it doesn't really matter where you're seated in the playoffs because this team, when they're whole, they know they can beat anybody, anywhere, anytime. So all that really matters is that they're in the playoffs and healthy and ready to go. So the, the really the biggest storyline for me during this regular season, I guess there's two besides health, clearly. The biggest storyline, make sure our key guys come back healthy. Make sure Landy comes back healthy. Make sure Val comes back healthy. Make sure these guys who are out of the lineup right now, make sure they come back healthy. Second issue, I guess, is, yeah, you just want to be sure you feel confident about uh, uh, Georgiev going into the playoffs between the pipes, but uh, he, he's been solid thus far. Really, no no real concerns here. To me, the number one storyline, the number one concern with this hockey team is bottom half forward depth. We're talking bottom six forwards. You got your top six, you got your bottom six. Three lines, four lines, three skaters, three forwards, center, left wing, right wing. You got four lines, 12 skaters, 12 forwards, basically. You get your top six, you got your bottom six. There's no question the Avalanche top six 
put him up against uh, anybody when they are they are healthy. Got the best. But then it's after that. And when you're going to try to win a Stanley Cup and when you're going to try to go through the long grind that is the playoffs, you have to be able to get contributions contributions from your bottom six guys. And with the departures of Naz Kadri, Andre uh, Burakovsky, you're looking at guys to be given the chance to step up and show they're ready for a bigger role. And we're talking about the guys like a Logan O'Connor, uh, a JT Comfer, and Alex Newhook. And so when Newhook, who only has two goals thus far, two goals, one assist, three points, three points minus four through 14 games, that's not going to get it done. This is not going to get it done for a guy who comes with uh, a lot of fanfare. He's been a highly touted prospect for a long time. And he certainly showed last year during the Stanley Cup run that uh, that there's a lot of potential, a lot of things to like there. But now he's being asked to do more. And not my opinion, Jared Bednar's opinion, not good enough, enough to, to bench him the other night. So watching how Alex Newhook reacts to this and continuing to watch some of these bottom six forwards remains the biggest story of the season for me. I'm not pushing any panic buttons. I don't want anybody to come away and get all, you know, hurt and offended that I'm saying that the Avalanche can't win another Stanley Cup because of their bottom six forwards. It's not a, uh, you know, uh-oh, this is going to derail the season type issue. But it is something that is a concern. I think it is the number one issue to watch with this team right now. Because at some point, and I think you're probably looking at about, eh, 30 games into the season, 35 maybe at the most. But that's kind of the time frame that an Alex Newhook, for example, is working within. He has got to convince this organization by the time we get to game 30, game 35, that this is somebody that they could absolutely rely upon. Otherwise, then you're immediately starting to talk about trades, big trades, and, and significant trades involving significant players. And the idea that, hey, the Avalanche, they're in a championship window right now. They cannot squander this opportunity. So you can't wait too long. You can't just assume. You just can't count. Hey, we'll let 35 stretch to 40, to 45, to 50, to 55, 60 games. Hey, we'll keep giving Alex Newhooks and the JT Confers of the world a chance to figure things out. Nope. Nope. I think we have learned enough about this uh, Joe Sackett, Chris McFarlane-led, Jared Bednar-led um, front office coaching staff. They're not going to leave anything to chance. So that, that to me, is the biggest story to watch. Something secondary to watch is, boy, such respect for the way that the Avs' top players are playing this year. And it's funny, you know, it's funny when you when you see a team win a championship and they go from being hungry to prove that they belong, being hungry to prove that they're a champion, to once they're they're able to do it, you know, you, you think sometimes, I think sometimes the first reaction is, oh, you win a championship, you get complacent, you get soft, you get satisfied. And I've always thought that that was the wrong take. I think that what happens when teams win championships, they get hungrier. They love the feeling so much they want to taste it again. But I think there's another thing that crops up when you when you win it all. I think you develop a sense of responsibility almost, a a sense of, hey, I I need to 
respect what we did and I need to validate what we did and I cannot get complacent. I have to take even more ownership. I have to take even more responsibility. I have to take even more pride in what I'm doing. And I think you have seen that with the likes of Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, and Kale McCarr, and even a, De- a, a Devontae's. But but the big three of Rantanen, McKinnon, and McCarr. You talk about three guys who, after the load that they carried throughout the playoffs, a short off season. If anybody would be given a pass if they just wanted to kind of sleepwalk through the first part of the season. It'd be those three guys, but they have taken it upon themselves, whether it be because of injuries, because younger players are struggling to replace veterans that were here. The Avs, those big three, feel a sense of responsibility and pride to make sure that the Avalanche continue to stay at the standard that they have set. And boy, have they been amazing. Rantanen, McKinnon, McCarr have been awesome. So let me just say, huge props to them. Huge kudos to them. Man, admiration and respect for them goes up even more if that was possible. But here's the thing they got to be careful about. They can't overwork these guys. They can't overburden these guys. And at some point, maybe Jared Bednar is just going to have to protect these guys from themselves because they're not going to let up. I think they've proven that. Um, they have too much pride. They have too much sense of responsibility. So at some point, you got to be sure if you're the Avs, we can't burn these guys out. It's it's too long of a season. It's too long of a playoff run. We need to make sure we give these guys help, or we just got to make sure we reduce their their workload. And if that means that we drop a game here or there, who cares? But I, I think it's just something to watch because – Ranton and McCarr and McKinnon are burning hot right now, and it is awesome, and it is amazing to watch. And I'm in in awe and, and I guess, proud of, of how these guys are, are handling everything and how they're picking up even more of the slack, even more of the burden. And they're like, bring it on. We'll take it. We're good with that. We want it. But at some point, you, you got to make sure because there's a lot of hockey left to be played. A lot of hockey between now and the start of the playoffs, and then we know how long the playoff grind is. So uh, if there's two big storylines to watch right now with this hockey team as we um, start to head into the grind, one, what do we get from these bottom six forwards? How do they handle the opportunities that are being given to them? How, in the case of Alex Newhook, do you handle the adversity you're dealing with? And how does this front office, how much are they willing to sit back and watch before they decide we got to go out and make a move. And let's let's keep an eye on McCarr, McKinnon, Rantanen. Uh, keep an eye on their workload. Keep an eye on the burden that they're carrying. And while we love them for it and we respect them for it and we are so lucky to be able to watch it, got to be careful that it doesn't get to the point where it uh, starts to really weigh them down. So we shall see. Really looking forward to this Avalanche-Carolina game, the rematch. Uh, Also, over the course of the uh, next week, we'll have a chance to uh, see the Avalanche in uh, the rest of the games between now and the next time that we uh, gather. You got the uh, Avs on the road to play the Hurricanes, Avs on the road to play the Capitals. Always cool to be able to watch Alex Ovechkin. My God, that guy is just ageless, huh? Just continues to pump home goals. Avalanche against the Stars. 
Uh, Dallas Eager, again, like I said, team that's going to look at the Avalanche as a measuring stick, litmus test type game. So uh, the Avs are definitely going to be spending this next week playing with a bullseye on their back. And a lot of teams are going to be trying to make their uh, make their mark by uh, taking the Avs down. We'll see how the Avalanche handle that. We'll be back again next week to talk about it all with you. As always, uh, thank you so much for listening to the Mile High Hockey Podcast. Please give me your feedback, what you like, what you don't like about the show, what you'd like to hear more of. Uh, you can always reach out to me on Twitter at MikeEvans1043. You can reach out to, to me during the course of the show uh, in the mornings with Mark Schlereth. Hit me up on the Ramoslaw.com text line 303-713-1043. Hey, just say something along the lines of, hey, Mike, uh, uh, podcast listener here. Uh, here's what I think. Please, love to get your feedback and tell other Avalanche fans and hockey fans about the uh, Mile High Hockey Podcast each and every week with me, Mike Evans, right here on Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. See you next week.